welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Greetings and thanks for tuning in. Here's why you should listen. I have a millennial panel that's going to talk about adulting. And if you don't know what adulting is, I looked it up on Google. Um, Adulting is a practice of behaving in a way that's characteristic of a responsible adult, especially the accomplishment of mundane but necessary tasks. So, friends, we're going there. We're going there mentally, financially, spiritually, and relationally. First, I want you guys to welcome Brooke McManus, age 26, soon to be Brooke Brown. We were interns together back in 2016. Um, She's my coworker, serving as a girls minister at Champion Forest Baptist Church. Hey, everybody. Yes, and hey to you, too. <laughs> um, welcome, Frances De La O, also 26, and also met her in 2016 and got to know her um, on the Conroe mission trip back in the day. Um, she leads worship at our church in almost every venue, uh, from Spanish to English students and young adults. Hey, guys. And welcome, my man, Ben Fraser, um, age 28. He is a newlywed that I've known since our seminary days back in 2015. And he's joining us from Georgia. What's up, y'all? <laughs> yeah, so for those out there, it's like, what is seminary? It's kind of just a school for ministers and pastors. So before we dive deep, I promise you, all my friends are not ministers. So stay tuned for future episodes. But now let's talk. Man, part of adulting is finding a career. And I'll start with you, Francis. Just tell us a little bit about what you do and where you are in life right now. Yeah, so I'm currently serving on staff at Champion Forest Baptist Church, and I am the bilingual worship associate. So basically, that's just a fancy term for <laughs> leading worship in both English and Spanish services. And like Paul said, um, I'll lead in young adult services, also in our student services. Um, so basically just all around. Um, so it's been, I've been doing that for about, I want to say three-ish, four-ish years. Um, and I've been, I've been singing in music my whole life, but it's been great just getting to uh, lead across all the different venues because they're all different ages. And so obviously you have to be able to minister and lead to them differently to target to a certain audience. So that's been really cool. Um, it's been hard uh, just because in the beginning, it's you, you try to lead the same way. Like you try to lead students the same way you lead to uh, adults and it doesn't obviously work. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun and interesting getting to see how different audiences react. That's good stuff. Thanks for kicking us off, man. All right. So I am, like you said in the the intro, I'm the girls minister at Champion Forest. And uh, so I work with sixth through 12th grade students, Um, not just the girls, but uh, that's my primary focus. And I graduated from seminary uh, last December with uh, my master's in biblical counseling. And so in the past probably year or so, um, but especially since I graduated the past six months, um, <clears throat> been doing a lot more counseling, uh, specifically with teenage girls. And that has been awesome. It's been challenging. 
in my practicum, I, uh, I had to only counsel those that were 18 or above. And so switching from like counseling young adults to counseling, you know, like 14 year olds, uh, was like crazy adjustment. Um, you know, my young adults would show up with like their coffee and ready to talk and whatever. And the 14 year olds show up with like their Ben and Jerry's ice cream and they're like scarfing it down as they're trying to like answer questions. Um, but basically I just come alongside students and help them be disciples of Jesus and make disciples. And I love it in October. It'll be four years um, that I've been on staff. And so it's exciting and yeah, I love my team and our coworkers. So that's, that's me in a nutshell and what I do. I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Ben, man, talk to us, bro. What's up? All right. So I've been a worship pastor for, gosh knows, God knows, seven, eight years now. But um, I used to lead worship in New York um, at, and Long Island. And then just this past year, about March, uh, my wife and I felt the call uh, to move back town um to a town that i said that i would never come like i told god god don't put me there i don't want to go there because it's just rough um but that's where he wanted us so long story short we moved and now um i'm not even leading worship i'm just a associate pastor with um um i do youth ministry and we just started a college ministry on Sunday nights and just all of the above, whatever that entails for being an associate pastor. And, and that's what I do. And then on the side, I do all state for New York. So um, insurance on for New York part-time as a way to kind of help bring in a little extra income to support our family because my wife is about to go to her master's for the next three years in Valdosta, Georgia, um, pursuing her master's in speech therapy. So we're just surviving, making it over here and by God's grace. And that's, that's, that's where we came from. That's where we are. Okay, Ben, I see you, man, out there with the side hustle. And you say, yeah, I just started a college ministry. So shout out um, as a college and young adult pastor. Shout out to my college students out there. Um, we're praying for you guys and rooting for you. Some of you guys became online students overnight and have to move back home. And so to know that um, we are praying for you. And you, Ben, I'm glad you shared that the way you did because God has a way of looking at our plans and being like, nah, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And so, mm. Brooke, I want you to take this one first, man. Is what are some life lessons that you've learned since Mr. COVID arrived on the scene? Man, that is a question. Uh, I think that I've learned a lot about the act or art um, of surrender and what that actually looks like. Um, You know, I got engaged in the midst of COVID and So we really, it was a a whirlwind of emotions. We went from, uh, Wilson was uh, furloughed two days before he proposed. Okay, so we had that, and then he proposed two days later, and then the next day we went back to long distance. He's from Louisiana. 
And so it was just all the things in one week and it took me a while to process. So, um, just really being, uh, able and willing to lay everything about your life on the table and like, it's like palms up, like, okay, God, whatever you have for us, we trust you. And so I think I've learned a lot about that and that it's not easy. You know, in theory, it always seems easy. Like, yes, God, like wherever you take us, we'll go. But then when it's like, hey, everything that you know about your life right now could be stripped away and you could be totally placed somewhere else, then it's like, all right, this is getting real. Um, So I've learned a lot about that. And then I think, too, just learning things that uh, will keep me in a healthy place just overall spiritually emotionally mentally physically it's really easy to get i think into unhealthy habits i i live by myself and i am an extreme extrovert and i want to be around people all the time and so i think just learning what uh works for me i think it's just it's easy to get into a complacent place or just a play, an unmotivated place in the midst of all of this when you can't go anywhere and really do anything in theory. Um, so I've learned a lot about that too and making an effort to do those things so that overall I can be in a healthier place. So those are just a couple of things that I've learned over the past few months. Okay. And before I kick it to Ben, um, I just want to say, Congratulations again on the engagement. We celebrate with you. Thank you. We're excited. I mean, I was thinking about this uh, throughout when COVID started, and I was thankfully I was one of the ones that was not out of work. So I've been constantly working. I mean, when COVID hit, we were still in New York, and I uh, had the opportunity to work from home and do a lot of things. But during all this time, just like your podcast says, you know, going from surviving to thriving. And, and like, that's what we've been doing. Um, we took what kind of disappoints us, discourages us, and, and turned that into something that would encourage us. So if I found myself getting upset about something, I asked the question, why? And examine that and then change something in my lifestyle so that I could thrive in that situation or in that, in that circumstance. Um, so staying at home, quarantined, I worked, but at the same time, my wife and I decided, okay, well, this is an opportunity for us to build more of our relationships. How are, how can we build our marriage and relationships? So we figured out, okay, let's play board games because we've not played board games. When you're working, when both of you are working, there's not real time to spend with your spouse and, and, and play board games or talk in that sense. So we decided, all right, we'll just play board games and communicate that way a little bit. Um, and then financially, if can we do something with the house, like taking care of our our situation around us, what we can control? Because a lot of times when we're out in the world doing work for the church or um, whatever jobs you're involved in, 
you get caught up in doing things outside and you neglect what's around you. And one of the things that we had to change was, all right, let's pay attention to what's around us, what we can control, instead of focusing on what we can't control, which is going outside or meeting with people. And and so that's what's get got us through COVID. We basically learned that our weaknesses during this this time are is exposed just so that that exposure can make those weaknesses into strengths. Mm. And I love that concept of just taking what I'm weak in and turning that into a strength and sometimes even a skill set that I could use later on in life. So that's what I've been learning through COVID. So Yeah, so I'll just uh, go ahead and uh, piggyback what Brooke and Ben said. But um, I think, honestly, we're all on the same boat, you know? And just two big lessons or, you know, stuff that the Lord has been teaching me throughout this season is, number one, for all of my planners out there, uh, it's just more flexibility. Man, I am a planner with a capital P. Like I just love to plan, plan, plan. And I think it's Mm. just because it's part of my job description, you know, like I work for Sundays. So, um, if not Monday, but like the Thursday before the Sunday, like I'm already working on the next Sunday, you know? And like, I know my Sundays memorized now, you know? So it's just, that's how I work. Um, and so I think that has instilled in me, in my body, in my just brain to work ahead. So obviously when all this started, it's like, I'm working ahead, you know, um, and not just in my job, but just in my life. Like I love to plan. Like, if you look at my phone, it's like, okay, uh, this and this and this, like, I just, I don't know (laughs) for me, it's just, I love to know what I'm doing, you know? And so obviously (laughs) we know that as humans, we can't really, uh, foresee our future. Um, so I think, I mean, you, for those of you listening, you're probably thinking, well, duh, like, I don't know why she didn't know that. But I think for in quarantine, it's just like, boom, the Lord was just kind of like, hello, like I'm the one who's really in control, not you silly goose, you know? So anyway, that's just one of the things that I've had to learn is number one, to be flexible and to be still. Um, to, and, uh, again, for all of my planners out there, you know, that those two, um, words don't really go together. And those are probably the hardest words for you to hear, you know, because it's like, what? Yeah, I can be flexible, but when you really put it into practice, it's like, Ooh, can I really be flexible? Um, and also learning how to be flexible, Um, with the right attitude because I know for a lot of us especially I know maybe I'm just speaking to myself here but when you get a last minute change like you tend and I'm so guilty of this when I get a last minute change I'm just like oh are you serious I just did all of this you know and like the Lord really convicted me of that and like said Francis like can you just chill (laughs) can you relax you know have a better attitude have grace you know um and just overall like yeah your attitude towards those changes and stuff um and learning how to be still obviously just especially in this season of quarantine is knowing that at the end of the day even though the world may seem like chaos or you don't even know what you're going to do tomorrow um 
Uh, and for all my ladies out there, uh, yes, I am such a planner that I had, I already had my, pl- my outfits planned for the week. Like that is how much of a planner I am. And I'm at the point now, and I think I saw a post this morning and it said, uh, we're in day 190 of quarantine. I don't know, but yeah, I went from planning my outfits every single week to not even knowing what I'm going to wear in tonight. <laughs> you know so anyway again just flexibility and learning how to be still hashtag relatable as a fellow planner That's over true. here um man i've been learning to now lead into planning with a pencil instead of with a pen i'm gonna have to buy an entirely different planner i'm tired of scratching things out and yeah i was saying way too like pick out my clothes um on sunday so i can definitely relate to that and all you guys man just dropping knowledge man so being i'm gonna start this one off with you man when you hear the word adulting what are some things that come to your mind first uh money responsibility uh that's a big two that come to my mind immediately one because i'm a logical thinker i'm not more i, I i'm a numbers guy i'm logical like I think logically I need reasoning. Um, and in the past I've not been a very responsible guy. So, um, when I think of adulting, especially now that I'm married and we own a house and we're doing a lot to keep our family going, um, it's, it boils down to, those two practical words. I mean, we could say Jesus or God anytime um, as Christians and as people that are ministers, we, we could use Jesus and throw that Jesus word around a lot. But I think practically to the world that's listening, uh, listening for us to meet their physical needs. I mean, the words that I would use are responsible and, and managing money. Like that's, that's what I think of when I think of adulting, immediately because money finances covers what you do with it and then responsibility covers all of the above like how you present yourself how you um, create an exposure for yourself um, how you present your family um, what you do in your job all the all things responsibility covers so that's the two words that i think of Man, and Francis, before you go, I'll say this, like, Ben, you stole my word. My words could be responsibility because I feel most like an adult when I'm paying bills or I'm setting up my own doctor and dentist appointments. And then um, Brooke can relate to this, too, but it's like a, a whole nother level. I can't relate, but from the outside looking in, a whole nother level of adulting when you add the word house and mortgage into the equation. So, uh, Francis, talk to us, man. What comes to your mind first when you hear that phrase? I mean, that word adulting. Um, so when I was probably like in middle school and high school, what I thought when, when I looked at adults, the first word that came to my mind was like freedom, you know, freedom to get to do whatever you want, not have to have your parents' permission and all that stuff. Right. But then when I actually became an adult, um, (laughs) it was more like, oh, like, paying bills and doing all that stuff and you know just being responsible with your money and you know exactly what Ben was saying and so now um it's funny and Brooke can add on to this but 
you know, when we're hanging out with the students and stuff, they, uh, you know, obviously don't have those responsibilities that, that we have. And so it's funny because, you know, we'll talk to some students and they'll be like, oh, well, you're an adult and, you know, you get to do this and this and this. And I'm just like, oh, how I wish to go back to being a, a, a kid or a teenager, you know, where like your only worry in the world was to know what outfit you were going to wear <laughs> and um, whether or not this boy liked me or not, you know, like that's just, that, those are your worries or, or grades or I don't know, but it wasn't bills and, and just all this other stuff. So, yeah. I think the term adulting is so funny because it's like for forever, people have been coming into adulthood, but it's like our generation that was like, let's call this adulting, you know, like, let's give this a term. Thanks. But I think that when I think about that, I think about like growth and independence both of those things. I just think that you grow so much when you are um, just on your own and in a way that was different for me than it was in college. You grow a lot in college, at least, I mean, I felt like I grew a lot. Um, But then when you graduate and I was like plucked from my community that I had spent four years building and placed back in Spring, Texas, which also, Ben, I can relate. I was like, I ain't ever going back there. Mm-hmm. But here I am, and I love it, and I'm so glad I'm here. But I grew so much and learned so much about myself and just about my walk with the Lord. And then after I graduated from seminary and I out of my own house now and all of the things it's just another level of independence that is awesome and also I think you feel the weight of the responsibility of that as well so those are a few ideas I guess and words that come to mind for me when I think about adulting yeah I like sorry I can interject fun cool I like what Frances said too about planning and freedom. She put that in the two two words in the same sentence. Um, but I heard this somewhere and it says, I think adulting also um, allows us to plan our freedoms. Um, in, in, in a way, like what I mean by that is when you plan your budgets and finances, you end up with a lot more freedom that with what you can do with and without certain things. Like if you budget and you have enough money left over, it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want with that money left over. Um, if you budget your time accordingly, you have leftover time to do whatever you, I mean, there's freedom in that sense too. I think, um, and I like that concept too. So, and, and that's one of the lessons that we've been learning. Um, as we embrace our marriage and and try to be responsible adults um, in in the community, so I like those two words in the same sentence, and they make a lot of sense as you get older, not necessarily in the teenage years, but um, and and we can try and explain that to our youth, but it's just going to go over their head. 
And, and it's just something that you learn as you become a year older every year. And it just hits you sometimes, I guess. So. And for our, Oh, and for our, all of our teenagers and students and youth listening, please don't be scared of adulting. Like, we're not trying to scare you. We're not trying to mm-hmm. put anything in your mind. But um, I guess just like every other topic, like it's not what the movies say. It's not what social media puts out. It's not what Instagram or, or TikTok or any of that stuff, you know? Um, so, yeah. Exactly right. So, guys, I want to ask you something. Um, it is something that I experienced and just curious if you have, too, as you guys are in that age. Like, have you experienced what they call the quote-unquote quarter life crisis and according to our dear friend um wikipedia that refers to a crisis that involves anxiety over the direction and the quality of one's life and it's commonly experienced in the period between the early 20s up until the mid 30s so any of y'all ever experienced anything like that or even heard of that term funny that you mentioned that so uh again i don't know again all my planners out there maybe you can just comment in the section or whatever, but, um, I guess with planning comes with anxiety, you know, cause you just don't know what to do <laughs> or you don't know what's ahead. And so, yeah, like, honestly, I, I mean, I'm just going to be flat out honest here. Um, we're all family, right. But yeah, there's lots of times, especially during this quarantine that I've just had, um, what do you call it? Uh, what did you say? Quarter life crisis. Um, because you just, I mean, it's like, wow. I honestly, when the first, uh, two weeks of quarantine was what back in March and I was like, surely we'll be done with all of this end of May, you know, sure. Like the most we'll be in this is June by June. We're all going to be back to normal. We're all going to be hugging each other. And again, just like Brooke said earlier, I'm a huge extrovert. Um, and I get my energy from people. So I, and not only am I, am I an extrovert, but, um, shout out to all my Latino friends, Hispanic friends, but I'm also Hispanic and our, uh, we speak English, Spanish and touching. Like we just love to hug. We love to kiss. We love to just all the, all the feels. Right. Um, and so that has been so hard for me, uh, in this, during this quarantine. So I think I've reached a little bit of the quarter life crisis throughout this. I don't know if it's because of quarantine or because, um, my age, I am 26. Um, but yeah, like, um, I think ultimately at the end of the day, and again, I'm just going to be transparent and honest. Um, the the reason why I'm feeling those ways and, and, um, in those uncertainties is, uh, the root of insecurity and fear, you know? And a lot of times I'll just overwhelm myself and my, my mind would just go and wander to places, you know, and just start thinking and thinking and thinking. But at the end of the day, I have to remind myself, um, that, uh, you know, cause I, I've struggled with anxiety before, um, uh, and depression. And I know Brooke can probably speak more into this, but, um, you know, when the Lord has taken you out of there, you just have to remind yourself how he took you out, um, and where he took you to those secret places and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, I don't know if this, this probably doesn't answer the entire question, but this is just a little bonus in there. Uh, but when you're going through stuff like that, just, and especially this quarantine, um, 
man, like it is so, so important to just be so connected to the Lord throughout this time because, you know, it, it um, for us extroverts or, you know, or I don't know, just for people in general, like being stuck at home is just, you start getting a little crazy, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and again, this is, I think we're all new to this. We're all in the same boat. We don't, we don't know uh, where to navigate ourselves because this is our first time going through this, you know, globally. Um, so the best thing we can do is just support each other through that. Yeah. I think that word quarter life crisis is more uh, prevalent uh, during COVID because it tests a lot of a lot of us in a lot of areas of our own life. Um, and it's funny because like I've been married a year and six months now, which is pretty new still. And, and we're still getting to do a lot of things together. We, I mean, we're still going on trips and, and doing a lot of fun stuff. And so in a way it, hasn't affected me that much because prior to marriage I was dating this girl and then we got married and there was a lot of things that we figured out and now brand new we bought a house and we moved to this small town and we're doing all all the stuff so it's a highlight after highlight after highlight but then I look back exactly six uh six to eight months from today and when I look back, man, I didn't have a job. I didn't have um, a visa. I, I'm, I was waiting on the government to send me my visa papers so that I would be able to work. Um, I couldn't drive because my visa expired and I couldn't get a license to drive. And so when you think of all that as a man, as a, I mean, as a spouse, even in a marriage, uh, and I'm as a man, I'm not contributing anything to the family, like you know, like financially or anything. It just kind of takes a a toll, and I I, I can call that a, a quarter life crisis because I'm paranoid. And it's like, what if this, what if this visa doesn't get approved in time? What if I can't find a job by the time Jalen decides to go to master's? How are we going to survive this whole thing? Not knowing that this pandemic was going to hit, not knowing that God had something totally different planned for us, where when it was originally supposed to take until February of 2021 to get my visa papers, I got my visa papers December of 2019. It took less than six months for it to arrive and, and it's unheard of. And so I, I say this to my students a lot. What, when we go through something and we think, man, it's a crisis and it's hard and it's, it's overbearing for us to live that life on the flip side. When other people look at your life, sometimes God is showing out through our lives to them. And it's like, it's perspective. Like I don't see it at that point when I'm struggling, but on the, on the flip side, when Paul, you look at my life and you go, man, God has been faithful in Ben's life. And sometimes the other person needs to remind us or the other person reminded me 
Ben, God is, I mean, he's not doing it or he, she's not doing it in a way as a, Ben, you need to see what God is doing. He's just admiring the work of Jesus in your life. And he's just appreciating that. And so my mentor pretty much looked at me and said, Ben, like, man, God is faithful in your life. I love how God is working. And I'm thinking in my, in my mind, I'm like, how? Like, I don't know how. And then I have to sit down and, and read and spend time with God and understand, okay, God, like you're working a whole miracle in my life right at this point. And I, I feel like I'm in a mess, but you're just taking that mess and turning it into a miracle for someone else to see. And, and it helps give a new perspective during this time. So, and all your answers really speak to the, the beauty and the need for community. Like, I didn't know that other people like went through this quote unquote, um, quarter life crisis. And I mean, it was further explained. It's been like a period of insecurity, doubt, disappointment, like surrounding your career, your relationships and your financial situation. So that's something that I hit um, a little bit after my time in seminary back in 2015, because I was considered old being in seminary because I didn't go right after I graduated my undergrad and then got an internship at um, church in Houston, Champion Floors, and I was like the oldest intern. And it's one of those things where before I got like a full-time job, like it was just like job security. Uh, I was about to graduate and I reached out to like dozens of places about a job and just wasn't coming there. And then, you know, when you're out of school, it's like there's no structure. And I was used to like, you know, achievements and accomplishments in in high school and in college. But now what are the markers uh, when you're adulting? And then, of course, with social media, you you got to be intentional not to to get into that comparison game where other people are getting married because I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I was like, all right, I'm going to be married soon. I graduate college. And then I took the victory lap, took an extra year. So like, all right, Lord, I gave you an extra year. But God was like, nah, you're not going to get married at 21. You'll wait till like you're like 28 or 29. And then different things you see um, on social media, like buying a house and things like that. But one thing I learned through that season is just really to lean into my relationship with the Lord and to lean into finding my identity in him. And listen, I just want to tell you, um, if you have everything but Jesus, you have nothing. And if you have nothing but Jesus, you have everything. And if you feel if you're feeling this anxiety, whether it's from the quarantine or whether it's from the, the quarter life crisis, as uh, we're talking to our, our young adults specifically, or even beyond that, I just want to let you know that Jesus is the answer, man. I know it may sound cliche, but it's real. Jesus is the answer. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you try Jesus, I, I can guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. And so that, that segment right there really just speaks to the struggles of adulting. But there's the flip side to it, and we're about to go there. And so, Francis, I'm going to start with you. What are some of the joys of adulting? Oh, some of the joys. Um, well, like I said, um, when I was in middle school and high school, the first thing that popped to my mind was freedom. So that has been obviously a huge joy of just adulting. And that, and um, kind of speaking uh, about what you just said about the importance of community is uh, it's so much fun when you uh, do life with other adults and your friends, you know, um, because we all talk about 
being real with each other and the realities and stuff. So that has been a huge um, joy. But for me personally, um, for me, it's just the freedom that comes with adulting, you know, and like Brooke was saying, the independence and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll kind of speak to that a little bit too. I think it has, it was, it's kind of, it was a struggle originally that turned into a joy of building community, or I should say rebuilding community after college. And that is just the sweetest thing. And I think when you taste what real community looks like as followers of Jesus, you never want to resort back to just these surface level friendships. And so that's been really sweet. And two, I think uh, just like the independence factor, um, just working towards something and saving up towards something. Like when I was uh, saving up for uh, the down payment for my house, that was so fun. It was so fun because it was a process. It was not instant gratification. It was delayed gratification of like, okay, little by little, you can work towards this goal. And then I went through the process of, of actually like building um, the house. And that was so sweet because once again, it wasn't like, all right, here, we're moving in. But it was like, okay, month after month, look at this progress that's being made. And that was really sweet then on move-in day to be like, look at what it is now, you know, like six months ago, this was grass. And I think that's really something, and I, I, you experienced this growing up, but just another factor of this delayed gratification of working towards something and ultimately getting to experience that joy. I think that's a big part of adulthood that is really sweet to see and experience. I mean, I, I, I get that work. Like one of the things that I found joy doing is also saving up for a down payment on, on this house that we just bought. And, and every month, I mean, we didn't build it. We eventually want to build our own house, but to start off with, uh, when we were moving down, um, trying to find a house, trying to, uh, trying to find a house that would meet not only our needs, but also be a platform, a, a resource for the youth and the students to come over and, and spend time with us. Um, um, and so not just the saving process, but what comes after it, um, the joy of having these people over the joy of, uh, being able to host families and, and, and just fellowship with the community, community that we live in, um, I think is, was the greater joy for me as a as I was saving up for it and, and doing whatever. And, and like you said, it's, it's a monthly process. Even when you buy a already made house, there's updates you want to do. There's things that you want to buy. You want to make it, you want to make it your own. And, and, and sometimes we overdo it, but sometimes we never do it. And so it's just, um, there's a joy in that too. And figuring out life with your spouse, man, like as you navigate through that adulting process or I mean Brooke you're about to be married so how is that going to look like when you get married and 
you already have a house. So like navigating, navigating through that whole process, um, in adulting and marriage and, and is, is it brings a whole nother level of joy, uh, when you come out of it. And so like, that's one of our, my biggest joys in, in adulting is when you look at the bigger picture, you look back at how God has been faithful to you in your life and, and say, we'll be all right. God's got this covered. And I don't have to worry about things as much as I am normally worrying about it. So um, that's what I had to say about the joys of adulting. And being before we had press record, we noticed that we all had like a student ministry connection. And so just by virtue of that, I'm pretty sure there may be some teenagers out there listening. I just want to echo what Francis said earlier about uh, we just want to give you a full picture of the good, the bad and the ugly. And this is an awesome season of adulting. Like, I love the fact that one of the jewels for me is just having my own. And even though like the first word to come to my mind is responsibility, I like having my own, like my car and caring for it and the mundane mm-hmm. things of washing it and filling it up and keeping it looking good. Um, and with my apartment, like decorating like more than just a dorm room, but like decorating like the entire um, apartment has been a joy for me. Um, a full-time job paycheck, like that's definitely a joy instead of, joy. Uh, <laughs> yes, instead of internship and part-time uh, money. So that's a joy that came with adulting and graduating. And then also like other things, like get a chance to vote. You get a chance to to rent a car without paying extra once you get over twenty five. Oh, praise the Lord! Amen. Man, come <laughs> on with that. I know um, Brooke and Francis just now, just now getting a chance to experience it. They're both twenty six, and the we made one, it. Yes, you did. Y'all did it. Before we move on to me, and I think y'all making a test of this, but the biggest one was not having homework. Because in school, no matter if it was the weekend or it was a holiday, I always felt like something was over my head that I forgot to study for this. I forgot to do this test. Well, that's all for today. I don't want to overwhelm you with a lot of information. So please tune in next week and you will hear the conclusion of this great episode. And then the week after that, Jonathan Pecluda, who literally wrote the book on adulting, he's going to be joining the conversation as we're in this adulting series. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.